Welcome to today's five good minutes. You're listening to today's inspirational message on the book of Jonah with Kurt Bjorklund. Jonah 1.17 says, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. <clears throat> this certainly is a portion of the book of Jonah that has caused a lot of people some challenge. They say, how could Jonah have lived in a belly of a fish or a whale for three days? By the way, the text says fish, not whale. And so when people say a whale couldn't do this or whatever, Bible doesn't claim that a whale did it. It's a great fish. And we may say, well, how, how could this be? And maybe this is one of the places that proves the Bible's just full of stories. Or maybe you say, it's not a problem that it's full of a story because it's just intended to be a story, not an actual event. I do believe that this is an actual event because I believe that the speculation about how this could have happened or what could have happened around this is not uh, definitive. Certainly, God could have provided some wreckage from the ship. He could have, um, from a different ship, uh, that ship didn't, didn't go for him to go. But God chose to send this fish. Now, in the Old Testament, there is a creature, Leviathan, Psalm 74, verse 13 and 14, which is a character that that shows that God has rule over the chaos of the sea and, and, and all that is. And, and the concept has another twist, according to commentator H.L. Ellison in his commentary on Jonah. In Psalm 104.26, Leviathan, the dreaded sea monster, is merely God's plaything. And some will say, well, this is just an extension of that kind of mythology, um, the fish represented Leviathan, and the mythology occurs in different poetic books. And uh, certainly in a five-minute podcast, I can't get into all of the history of this. There are compelling uh, documents in history that show some people surviving inside different creatures for a while. But I think the big thing here is to say that that, that there's reason to believe that God used this fish miraculously to preserve Jonah's life. Here's how H.A. Ellison talks about it. Some would object that Jonah would not have waited so long to pray. The popular idea that Jonah went straight from the deck of the ship into the fish's open mouth has no support in either the narrative or Jonah's prayer. He is half drowned before he's swallowed. If he was still conscious, sheer dread would have caused him to faint. Notice there's no mention of the fish in his prayers, talking about chapter 2. He can hardly have known what caused the change from wet darkness to even greater dry darkness. When he did regain consciousness, it would have taken some time to realize that an all-encompassing darkness was not that of Sheol, but was this mysterious safety. And my uh, hope here, just in talking about the great fish today is to say, if you believe that there's a God, then believing that God sends a fish to swallow a man and bring him safely to a place of turning back to God, then you can believe in a God who will do miraculous things in our world. Now, miracles sometimes bother 
some people in terms of how they think about it. But I have seen God do miraculous things in people's lives, whether it be healings, whether it be uh, the restoration of, of broken relationships, whether it be God's preserving people in hardship. And all of these things are meant to remind us of the staggering power and care of God. And so you may have just a simple thing, driving down the road and all of a sudden somebody pulls out in front of you and you swerve and you realize if you had been a couple minutes earlier, a couple seconds earlier, you could have been in the middle of that. And, and all of a sudden you just say, wow, God's preserving hand is at work. And, and I realize that some people would say, well, if it's his preserving hand, then is it also his hand that when you do get in the way of the truck that turns or whatever it is, that, that then is that not God's goodness? And the answer is we don't know, but we know from the pages of the Old Testament and the New Testament that God is not aloof from his creation, that he works in it, and that there are fingerprints of God all around us. And so today, look for the fingerprints of God's hand and protection and care and redirection in your life. Where is God redirecting you today? Thanks for joining us here today. There's a lot of great content to explore on Orchard Hill Plus and on the Orchard Hill main feed from the weekend. Have a great day.